Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman. With me this week is Joe Lupton. Joe, there's a lot of things to talk about here, and I think maybe we'll frame the conversation by contrasting what's actually showing up in economic news, what are we worried about in terms of risk, and where are central banks signaling uh, their heading in terms of the, the key news we've got this week. So why don't we take them one by one? Let's start. It may be the one which we're paying less attention to, but what is actually the news from the, the ground in terms of where the economic data, maybe it's a little backward looking, but it's not unimportant in terms of what we're getting for February uh, and for the first quarter overall? Well, I think the data on the ground has been what we've been saying has been for the last couple of weeks. And that's that's strong. Right. I mean, we wrote a piece on this uh, last week talking about some of the news that's coming in strong. Uh, really a, a sense that we had a forecast of a big rebound in the second quarter, really, I would say, boomy rebound in this second quarter as the Omicron drag was expected to fade. And the data, we're, we're kind of tracking that call. Of course, everything's been short-circuited a bit by the Russia invasion of Ukraine and the spike in commodity prices, and we've made significant revisions since then. But as that data's coming in, it's, it's, it's really sending a, a strong signal. So the IP news this week was generally strong. I've been impressed by the um, uh, by the CapEx part of this, so the capital goods industrial production, the capital goods trade numbers, all of that is pointing to a, a nice pickup in global uh, equipment well, let's put spending. Some, let's put some numbers on. We've got our CapEx Nowcaster and our GDP Nowcaster. Where do they sit right now for Q1? Well, the CapEx Nowcaster is pointing to global equipment spending of about 8% annualized growth for the first quarter. Um, obviously, that's that's early. Um, it's early, so you don't want to get too carried away with that number because that data is a little bit more lagging. Um, but I think more importantly is that when you combine the strong China news that we got this week and you filter everything we have through our global GDP nowcaster, uh, that's pointing to a pretty strong number. I think, let me just look here a second, 3.6% 3, 3. Uh, on the quarter which is a good bit over our, our forecast. of not a good bit. It's twice about what our forecast yeah, Fair is. enough. Fair right. enough. Right. Yeah. Now, having having said that, a lot of, not a lot, but a decent amount of our first quarter forecast has been um, influenced by the invasion and drags we expect to, to kick in in March. And in addition, we've got an additional drags that were embedded in the China forecast this week because of their lockdowns around a COVID wave. So, we um, we do need to consider a little bit here how much um, do we actually have our forecasts calibrated uh, for these drags? Uh, to what degree do we need to really worry about more downside risk? And of course, there's also upside risk on inflation. But let's let's focus for the moment on the on the growth side. We're tracking well in terms of the the data in hand, but how much concern should we have about what we see as possibly uh, falling off here? Well, I, I, I think of, uh, there's definitely reason to be concerned, right? I mean, and, and, and let me just say in terms of the data, next week's, you know, PMIs will be important for, for tracking that, the flash PMIs that we get for the, um, for the G4. And that will be our first March read to the point you're making, which is March is when we should start to see things come off. That's there's the Russia uh, invasion. Um, you know, that, that'll be a, a key marker. Um, you know, that's a big risk, the, the increase in the commodity prices, that spike in inflation. That was how our economists have been filtering the, the Russia invasion 
through the global space. And so the impact is going to be March, April, May. And, and you know, I, I think we, we got to wait a little bit. I will, this is going to be a very two-handed economist type conversation. I will say Maybe for, maybe forehanded. Maybe forehand, right? Yeah, we got four of us here. We can do a lot of damage. <laughs> um, we can do a lot of waffling. Uh, I, I I will say I'm still impressed with the strength in the data in the first quarter because remember we came into this year looking at the Omicron wave that we thought was going to do damage. We came into this this year thinking we originally thought we we're going to have a lot of fiscal stimulus in the U.S. and that disappeared. We also came into this quarter thinking inflation was going to be stepping down from a very strong fourth quarter. All of that was pre-Russia invasion. Uh, and instead, what we're seeing is a lot of, lot of resilience, I think, particularly on behalf of the consumer. Now, that could give way. Uh, but you know, for now, I, I think that sense of resilience is a testament to the strength of the underlying fundamentals, which really is the bedrock of our forecast as we move into the second half of the year. Yeah, and I think that was... Um a message that we got from the retail sales reports from Feb in the U.S. and, and China. I mean, there's definitely was a soft Feb, but the upward revisions to Jan in the U.S. and the average of Jan Feb for China actually were a little better overall than what we would have expected. And as you say, is consistent with resiliency here. Um, having said that, um, there is, I think, new risk on COVID and and China is kind of an interesting place. We we've talked a decent amount about the Russia, um, uh, you know, feed through to the global economy. But let's let's spend a couple of minutes here on China. Uh, they have lockdowns in place. Uh, they've got problems with uh, low uh, immunity, uh, relatively inefficient uh, vaccines. How worried should we be that China is not going to follow the rest of the world, which seems to be in a let's live with COVID mode because of the uh, the position we found ourselves in? Well, look, I think if they want to stick with the zero COVID policy, they're going to be in a real problem or they've kind of boxed themselves in because Omicron is so infectious that you're going to see spikes in cases continue. And and we see citywide lockdowns of multi-million person cities for case counts that are like not even on the radar of something like you like in the US or Europe, right? And if that's the sensitivity they're going to see, then boy, I'm starting to get more nervous about whether China can really escape this. On the flip side, to escape it, and you touched on it, to the extent that they don't have the natural immunity because they've gone so long with this zero COVID policy, it does require a period of, in, in, I, I guess I don't want to sound like it's a euphemism of discomfort. I mean, it does mean, you know, it does mean rising case counts, rising hospitalization, rising mortality. And that, that's, that's, it's just, is the policy, are policymakers going to be able to ex accept that trade-off or are they going to continue to box themselves in on this zero COVID policy? Right now, our team thinks they're going to stick with it, but I think they're going to have to let go of it and let this thing run a little bit more. And you can see that happening across the rest of Asia. Korea is a case in point, but a lot of the kind of the ASEAN type countries have, have done that as well. And they're kind of breaking the link a little bit more than where China is at this point. So with this in mind, and, you know, basically we should just throw in without going through the storyline, we're not only lowering our growth forecasts again this week, but we also are raising our inflation forecasts again. Uh, where do central banks fall out here? Obviously, we saw the Fed, the Bank of England, uh, 
Brazil's Capone, even Taiwan raise rates. Um, you know, what's the message there and, and what's the risk profile as we look for the next six to 12 months? Well, the message, first of all, before getting to the risk, the message is, is that they're they're kind of looking at the same stuff we are in terms of the resilience. They're, they're I, I guess, cautiously optimistic that the, the shock from Russia-Ukraine stays relatively contained in that part of the world, that commodity prices have moved up, but don't kind of move up, lurch up even, even further. Uh, and if you can... And, and also that Omicron drags are, you know, continue to fade. And we should say, by the way, it's not just China. We are seeing case counts pick up in Europe uh, again, and it's probably going to signal more cases increasing in the U.S. So I, I don't want to lose sight of that point. But for the most part, I think central banks are focusing on the resilience and strength of the, the, the economy. They're looking at the fact in initial conditions, context matters here. They're looking at the fact that they have incredibly easy policies right now that need to be recalibrated for where we are in the business cycle. And as a result, you're seeing them kind of lift rates up. Now, rates are very low, and, and it's going to be a while before we get to anything near neutral. And I think the Fed should emphasize that point. But it is a Fed that also needs to emphasize they're going to be moving. And that, to me, was the biggest signal from this week was, hey, we're going to be moving uh, and we're going to move quite a bit this year, certainly more than we ever thought they were going to do, um, you know, going back to back to last year. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, they said not only are we going to be moving, but they said they're going to try to get to neutral basically within a year. And I think that's a strong message, certainly relative to where they were. And, Unfortunately, it, it won't be a strong message if if their optimism that inflation is going to come down without having hit growth in a material way uh, doesn't prove to be um, uh, validated. But that, that's I the think, biggest irony in our forecast, right? That you know, and, and we've said this before. I think you and I were saying this last year. One of the biggest risks to the outlook is that our forecast is right, um, and and the point being that. You know, you've got you, very tight. About, you mean our growth forecast is right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you know, and 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 if we, you know, with tight labor markets, we're running above potential. Um, and and yes, inflation is going to come down. But you know, the big question is, what does it come down to? And 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 as you know, the risk could be that hey, it doesn't come down nearly as much as we thought, and we we're sitting here a, a year from now uh, with a not just a half a percentage point inflation above pre-pandemic norms, but maybe a percentage point above pre-pandemic norms, and that deterioration of trade-offs between growth and inflation. You know, I, I hate the comparisons to the 70s because I don't think this is anything like that. Uh, certainly not yet. Um, but the deterioration of trade-offs was the conversation that was starting to creep into policymakers thinking in the late 60s, early 70s, kind of wondering, scratching their head why you weren't getting as much inflation drop, you know, when, when growth rates came down. And, and that's something I think we're not there yet, but that's certainly a, a risk that we have to worry about. Yeah, I guess we'll end on that um, and with the note that there is uh, the PMI next week, which we are expecting a pretty big drop off in Europe to start to show uh, signs that the uh, impact of the Russian invasion is material. Uh, and while it's hard to calibrate the size here, we shouldn't ignore the fact that that's going to have a pretty broad impact on global indicators as we go through March and into April. So with that, Lend. Thanks, everyone. Let's hope we can continue this conversation next week on JP Morgan TV.